Hello and welcome back to the Reformed Affections podcast. Today I'm going to be looking at Psalm 117, a tiny psalm of two verses that sings praise to God, demands that all nations and all peoples should praise him. So, verse 1. Praise the Lord, all nations, extol him, all peoples. For great is his steadfast love toward us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. Amen. So it's a tiny psalm, and it's a a psalm that is fantastic. Praise the Lord, all nations, extol him, all peoples. So this psalm was delivered unto the people of Israel under the Old Testament, and the nation of Israel was given the oracles of God, the prophets, the kings, that theonomy, it was all come it has all come through uh, the the Jewish people of the Old Testament. They carried that word of God, the revelation of God, through to the Christian era. And yet it's in this psalm that it says, Praise the Lord all nations, extol him all peoples. So even back there under that Old Testament, when It was just a shadow of the things to come, lacking that fullness that came in Christ, that grace and truth that came with Christ and his ministry and his revelation of God. And it's back then that all nations, the entire world, all peoples are encouraged to call upon the Lord and to praise him, to extol him. And the reason that the psalm gives for the nations to give praise unto God is that for great is his steadfast love toward us. And the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. So there's that love that God shows and has always shown unto all nations and all peoples, even those who rejected the truth of the true holy triune God. There's pagan nations that weren't all decimated upon their profession of pagan religion, but they're actually provided with food and crops. They were provided with with rain and sun. They were provided with provisions, materially, that kept these nations alive and growing. He sustained their children, sustained their nations, despite their pagan errors. And yet, God is calling upon all nations and all peoples to sing his praise in this psalm. So all of scripture is breathed out by the Holy Spirit. It's all God-breathed. God used mankind as the instrument through which he would record his word, his revelation. And that word is is mediated to us in the scriptures. And so that Holy Spirit, the same God who brings salvation unto us, is the same God who has written in that Old Testament for all nations and all peoples to praise the Lord. And it's that great steadfast love that we can all look to and cling to, that is kind of that general revelation that we speak of. When we look around us and we can see the divine hand of providence, of God working in all areas of the world. But that love is, is, is not enough, that general revelation is not enough to come to the grips with who God is. And it's a shade of his faithfulness, it's a shade of his love if we're to look at just his general provision to all of the world. There is, of course, under the New Testament, the revelation of Christ, which in Romans it says, through Christ we have received grace and truth. So we've received like a a fullness of that true religion by the revelation of Christ, by his ministry, 
by the gospel writers, the the New Testament writers of the epistles and the Apocry- and the um, revelation at the end of the New Testament. And the steadfast love of God is unfolded more and more throughout the scriptures. For example, you look at Genesis where God has created mankind and he's created all things and all things are considered good. And even after the fall of mankind, where mankind has become sinful and twisted and, and hateful towards God, God doesn't destroy mankind and start again. Rather, he places us on the earth and continues to provide for us. Remember how Cain and Abel, they bring their sacrifices. Abel was slain and they were given another child and, and Eve said, God has given me another child. So God has continued to provide for mankind even despite our fall into sinful error and even despite those nations who had fell into paganism and those same nations that were actually leading the Jews away from the true God, God is telling all peoples, all nations that they need to come and praise him and extol him, his great love towards them. And so obviously, even today under false religions, Hinduism, Islam, Buddhism, all things except the true God are thanked and praised and worshipped for that general provision that is given to people. So Muslims will come and pray to Allah for the things they have received. Hindus will pray to whichever God they choose to on that particular moment, a particular day, for the general provision that they've received. And you see in both of those where the true God is the one who has actually provided and the thankfulness has not gone back to him but to a false God. A God who actually lacks everything necessary to be God. And so as Christians... Not only do we accept and acknowledge and actually give praise to God for that general provision, but because of that New Testament revelation in Christ and his ministry on earth and his work on the cross and his resurrection and his continued mediation and work in the heavens for our sakes, we praise God and worship God and extol him for far greater, deeper reasons than just that general provision of of, of, of supplement, of, of physical upkeep we actually get to look at the true grace and mercy that has come to us from the divine hand and we look at it through christ because christ is the truest revelation of god that we have ever received as as a, as a, as a race and god has revealed the father unto us and if we have received christ then we receive the father and of course you can't receive the father in christ without receiving the holy spirit and so in the Christian faith, we have this well-rounded image of God, that, tr- that true triune revelation of God. And so we can look at this, or we can look at God in a far greater way, and we can actually worship him and extol him properly. And then there's also something else that we should talk about with the Psalms when we're called to praise the Lord and to extol him. And that is that the Psalms themselves are the book of God's praises. It is the Psalms themselves that are it's like a divine, a divinely written worship book of the true triune God. So we should always remember the story of offering strange fire to God. He will not accept false worship. It doesn't matter, it doesn't depend on the sincerity of our heart. It actually depends on what he has ordained as the as the means by which he will be worshipped. God knows better than anyone how best to worship him. 
And so we shouldn't, as humanity, think that we somehow have the this innate inherent knowledge of how best to worship the divine God. We shouldn't take it upon ourselves to think, well, actually, no, God doesn't know how best to be worshipped. We know better than God as to how to worship him. So we shouldn't worship God in falsities. And the, what the, the great thing about the book of Psalms is we have 150 psalms, spiritual songs, hymns, divinely inspired that we can sing as congregations, we can sing them in family worship, we can sing them individually. And so we've been given this divine book of praises where, where nothing within its pages is false, nothing within its pages are wrong, and all of its pages, all of its all of its content is is God praising, God glorifying, it's God given. And so to sing the Psalms, to pray through the Psalms, to read the Psalms, enjoy them, meditate on the Psalms, it, there's no better way than to, than, than to praise God and to worship God than through the divinely inspired means, that great book of praises that is the Psalms. And so all nations are, are called to praise the Lord. We're all called to extol him on the basis of his steadfast love and his faithfulness. And that's the probably the last bit to just draw from the psalm is the love and faithfulness of God that is so much more superior than the love and faithlessness of mankind. So we don't come to God and pray to God and depend upon God because of our faithfulness. We don't come to God and pray to God and praise God based on our steadfast love. It's based on the, the actual solid foundation that is the love and the faithfulness of the Lord. That is the foundation that will endure forever. And that is the foundation that gives us the actual the actual um, authority to come and pray to him and to depend upon him. That's what gives us the assurance that calling upon God is the concrete foundation of the Christian faith. See, if we had to come to God based upon our own faithfulness, it only takes us to look at the, the past week of our lives, perhaps even this, this very day of our lives, to see that we've actually offended God, that we've acted not in faithfulness and love towards God, but actually in sinfulness and distrust towards God, not depending upon him and upon his counsel, but actually by depending upon the counsel of our own minds, our own fallenness. And so that's where we need to always look back to the faithfulness of God, the love of God. So when we look towards an eternal life that we will be given through Christ, we don't look upon it based on the works that we have done since becoming Christians. We don't draw our assurance by looking at what we have done since we have been saved, since we've been regenerate by the Holy Spirit. We don't then go, well, God has done the initial work, and now that I have done A, B, C, I've done one, two, and three, now I have assurance of my faith. Now that I've done this, now that I've prayed so many prayers, read my Bible so many times, now that I've done so many devotionals, now that I've gone to church so many times, I've taken the sacraments so many times, that's not where we take our assurance. Our assurance must be found at the cross of Christ. Christ is the one who took it upon himself. He swallowed the sin of us all that we might trust in him for eternal life. And it's upon that concrete foundation. It's that steadfast love. It is that which will endure forever. So we don't come to God based on our own faithfulness. We don't find our assurance in our own faithfulness. We find it in his faithfulness, in his steadfast love. 
So remember, as the Apostle Paul said, grace and truth came from Christ. That true revelation, that true religion, that true spirituality is found only in Christ. The true God is revealed only in Christ. Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. There is no other way but Christ. There is no other truth but that which is found in Christ. He is the way that we must walk upon if we are to be saved. So it's his faithfulness. It's his steadfast love. And I think we can always be caught up in, in begging the question of ourselves, do we love God enough? Are we faithful to God enough? And, and that's the downfall of humanity. That's the downfall of that sin that, that remains in you, that makes you question. It makes you doubt God. It makes you doubt Christ. And that's, that's what we need to, that's those thoughts we need to capture and dismiss because the word of God compels us to trust alone in Christ. We do not trust in anything else. Now it's true that in the Westminster Confession that the sacraments, the prayers, worship, church are all means by which our faith is strengthened. And that is why the, the, the church and everything that comes with church is so fundamental and foundational to Christianity. But at the very, very center of our faith, we must rest upon the rock and refuge that is Christ. We cannot be found resting upon ourselves our faithfulness and our steadfast love is not perfect. It will not save us. It's not fit for our assurance. It is Christ alone who can assure us. The Apostle Paul said to glory in the cross of Christ, to boast in the cross. The cross is that moment of excellence in history, in, in time. It happened in time and it happened in space. It happened here in the creation that God actually took upon flesh. He actually took upon the sins of the world to die for them on the cross. It's that moment of victory in which we boast, in which we find assurance, in which we find the true steadfast love and faithfulness of God. And so I, I, I hope on, the, on this basis, of the, on the general provisions of God and that special provision of God in Christ, in the continued ministry of the Holy Spirit at work in us, in that ever-faithful love of the Father that comes onto us and condescends down to us. And I pray that it's on those things that we can say with the psalmist, Praise the Lord, all nations, extol him, all peoples. For great is his steadfast love toward us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let us all praise the Lord.